Hey there, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Bible in Life podcast. My name is John Whitaker, and I'm super grateful for you, grateful that you're joining me here on the Bible in Life. My goal, my heart with this podcast, with the listener's commentary, it's all the same, and that is to provide blue jeans theology. That is down-to-earth Bible teaching, Bible teaching that's in the language of everyday life, explained in the context of everyday life, because the whole goal is for us to be formed into the likeness of Jesus right in the midst of our everyday life. That's what we're all about. And I am just increasingly convinced as I listen to things Christians say, as I watch stuff on social media, I am just increasingly convinced that those who would be followers of Jesus need to uh, routinely and regularly and deeply center their life around and arrange their life under God's Word. More and more um, listening to the Bible, absorbing the Bible, meditating on the implications, and then beginning to reflect on what it would look like to live that out in the midst of their everyday life. And so that's my heart in all my Bible teaching. That's what the Bible in life is all about. And I just think it's it's a deep, it's always been a deep, deep need for God's people. But man, just watching what's going on in our world and in the church, I just think we have got to be a people of who submit to the authority of Jesus by listening to his word and putting it into practice. So I'm glad you're here. Thanks for being a part of the Bible and Life family. Thanks to those of you who make this ministry possible by your faithful prayers and your generous financial support. Uh, people all around the world, honestly, people all around the world are having an opportunity to study the Bible that they wouldn't have gotten because of your prayers and your support. So thanks a ton for that, and may God bless you for it. Over the last handful of weeks on this podcast, on the Bible and Life, we've been looking at the Holy Spirit and just exploring who is the Holy Spirit and what does it mean for uh, him? What difference does he make for us as followers of Jesus? And so we started just with a little uh, reminder of who the Holy Spirit is, that he is one of the members of the Godhead. There's Father, Son, Spirit, like what the Father is and Jesus is, the same character as Jesus, the same character of the Father. The Spirit has that exact same character um, that that uh the God, the Christian God, exists as three in one, and the Spirit is one member of that Godhead. And, and he is specifically the member of the Godhead who has come now to be God with us in the present, that God's dream, God's goal, God's purpose right from the beginning was always to be with us. And so he placed Adam and Eve in the garden and he walked with them in the cool of the evening in the garden, that he always wanted to walk with people and be with them and live in partnership with them. And obviously through uh, reading the rest of the biblical story, we know what happened, how we by our own choices uh, revolted against that, just destroyed that relationship, broke that partnership. And so God has been working to restore and repair all of that throughout the entire history of the world since uh, the fall. And now, through the work of Jesus, his death and resurrection, and then the consequent pouring out of the Spirit on the day of Pentecost, God has returned to live with his people in and by the Spirit. And so, 
Last week, we talked then about looking at Romans 8, about how walking with or walking by the Spirit is the solution to the dominance or the domination of the flesh, that walking by the Spirit is the solution to the domination of the flesh, that the flesh is the fallen sinful patterns of life that tend to overwhelm and dominate um, our mind and our heart, our habits, and the solution to that isn't rules from the outside. It's walking with the Spirit as the Spirit transforms us from the inside. And what we said last week as we looked at Romans 8 was that walking by the Spirit means going about our life with the Spirit, with God himself, God the Spirit, as our walking partner in life. That as we go about our life, wherever we go, for Paul, the primary way he went about life was walking. So when he writes in Romans 8 about walking by the Spirit, he's just saying about going about life. And so the Spirit becomes your walking partner in life. And man, just just reflect on that for a second. That means that we, because God has poured out his spirit and come to be with us by his spirit, we have this incredible opportunity to have uh, the creator God, the most high God, the infinite, almighty, all-powerful God, the God of joy and love and peace. We have the opportunity to have him be our closest companion in life, that he can he can go with us and walk with us as we go about all uh, facets of our life. And that's what it means to walk by the Spirit, that as we go about our life, the Spirit is our walking partner. And we tried to put some flesh and bones on that last week and read from this book, Walking in the Spirit by Kenneth Birding, that again, I, I highly recommend to you as just a helpful, readable little guide for uh, for that. And so we started walking through walking through Romans chapter 8 together as we reflected on that. And I want to continue in Romans chapter 8 where we left off. So we left off at the end of verse 4 where Paul in Romans 8 has said that uh, the requirement of the law, which means holiness, pleasing God, should be fulfilled in us, those of us in Christ, who don't walk, go about our life according to the flesh, but who walk according to the Spirit. That's where we left off and we reflected on what that means to walk according to the Spirit. But the next phrase, um, or the next couple sentences, actually add some more details to what this means to have the Spirit as our walking partner in life. Here's what it says, Romans chapter 8, verse 5, after saying, we are those who walk according to the Spirit, and thus now we can actually do what God's Old Testament law called us to do. We can become the holy people of God. Well, verse 5 says, for... So notice that it's explaining a little bit. Those who walk according to the Spirit, here's something about them. For those who are in accord with the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who are in accord with the Spirit set their mind on the things of the Spirit. For the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the Spirit is life and peace. And so, what we see here in verses 5 and 6, that a key element to, a key component of walking by the Spirit is what we do with our mind. Uh, the mind set on the flesh, right? Those who are according to the flesh, well, they set their minds on the flesh. Those who walk according to the Spirit, they set their mind on the things of the Spirit. So our mind is a key component 
in this whole manner of our life, either walking by the flesh or walking by the Spirit. So what does it mean then? What does it look like to have your mind, say, set on the flesh? What are we talking about for your mind set on the flesh? And this particular translation is helpful because it doesn't just say, you know, that you occasionally think about. It's your mindset. Uh, They the, the one who's according to the flesh sets their minds on. This has to do with what your mind is set on. And so what it really involves is what you fill your mind with. Like, what do you fill it with? What, what, what do you allow to occupy your mind? What, what content, what ideas, what uh, images, what um, thoughts... What beliefs, right? Like all of that, what do you allow into your mind so that it's constantly full of these kinds of things? That's a key component of this mindset. And then the other component is what do you focus on? So what do you fill it with? And then what do you focus on? What are you oriented to? What are you... uh, what are you setting your gaze on? What are you uh, aiming at in your life? What are you focused on? So what do you fill your mind with? And what do you focus your mind on? That's the key issue here with this idea of the one who is, according to the flesh, sets their mind on the things of the flesh. Spirit sets their mind on the things of the spirit. What do you fill with? What do you focus on? And so with the spirit, what does it look like to set your mind on the things of the flesh? Well, that that means all the stuff of this fallen world, all the values, all the images, all the ideas, all the beliefs, all the outrage, right? All the debates, all the thoughts, right? Like of this fallen world, that's what you fill your mind with. I, I, I think we live in a time in history where... Uh, it's, I, I mean, obviously it's the only time in history I know, right? So uh, I can't go back a thousand years. But it sure seems like at our time in history, it is really, really easy to fill our mind with the things of the flesh. And in some regards, really, really hard not to. Uh, maybe easier than any other time in history. And the reason for that is because uh, our smartphone is with us all the time and it's so easy just in that, that you know, well, we're bored for a second. We're sitting, waiting in line, we're, whatever we're doing, right? We just, boom, pop open uh, our Instagram app, our Twitter app, our Facebook app, whatever it is. We start scrolling that. And all of a sudden, we're just, our mind is full of various things. And what comes through our news feed um, on any of our social media apps, or if we want to just, bam, instantly click and we can be um, reading the news or whatever it is. Like there's never this, there's there's, there's this ever present uh, information stream that is controlled by and shaped by and full of fleshly images and fleshly ideas. And what I mean by that is just things that have to do with the priorities of the world, the values of the world, the debates of the world, the arguments of the world, right? Like the thoughts. Uh, I mean, even so-called 
Christian people post memes, and I'm like, dude, that meme is not biblical, right? Like, and it's just really easy for us to fill our mind with the things of the flesh. That's what we're talking about here. Like, what do you fill it with? What constantly occupies your mind? And what do you focus on? Like, as far as the orientation of your life, the aim of your life, the ambition of your life, what is it pointed towards? What does it want? Right? Like, that's the idea of focus on. Well, when you set your mind on the things of the flesh, you're just full of all the stuff that's going on in the world around us. Uh, we're full of how they frame up those topics and how they talk about those debates and how uh, we're full of the, the uh, I mean, just the whole world of advertising intends to play to uh, the mindset on the flesh. And by the flesh, let's just clarify this. We talked about this last week, so a little bit of a reminder, but it's really important that when we talk about the flesh, um, there's always a little bit of a bodily connotation to it in Paul's writings. Contrary to what you'll read sometimes in some commentators, there's just always a little bit of a bodily connotation, but not exclusively. He doesn't mean that because the flesh isn't bad. Our body's not bad in that sense. Um, but it is primarily referring to fallen humanity, like humanness in its fallenness. That's the flesh. Humanness in its weakness, humanness in its um, propensity towards death, humanness in its... Um, sort of anti-God, away from God approach to life. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you don't believe in God. Like you could still be setting your mind on the flesh and walking in the flesh and believe in God. It's just that your approach to life, your mode of existence is according to the ways of um, fallen humanity and the world around us. Well, what do you fill your mind with? Do you fill it with that kind of stuff? What do you focus on? Like, what do you want out of life? What are you oriented to? Or in contrast, what does the mindset on the spirit look like? Um, well, it would be the, the opposite of that, that the mindset on the spirit what is filled with the language of uh, God's things. Uh, the mindset on the spirit is filled with images of God's word and God's word pictures. What is it focused on? Well, it's focused on God's kingdom. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. So it's focused on what would it look like to live out God's kingship in my little sphere of influence. That's what I want more than anything else. That's what I'm oriented to. Constantly trying to figure that out. Constantly imagining that. I'm filling my mind with God's word. This is why... Um, Dallas Willard, I don't know if you know that name, but he's he was uh, really well known in the area of spiritual growth, spiritual formation, discipleship. Uh, he was a philosophy professor at the University of Southern California, died in 2013 from cancer. Uh, but Dallas Willard said if he, he had been a pastor, became a philosophy professor, and said if he'd ever gone back into being a pastor, first thing he would do in, in whatever church he went into is he would find the people that were at least eager and willing to grow spiritually, and he would begin to help them memorize scripture um, so that their mind would be filled with the thoughts, ideas, and images of the spirit of God's word and God's truth so that their mind could be then set on the things of the spirit. And so when we talk about the thoughts that occupy our mind, we're really talking about the ideas and the images that fill our mind on a regular basis, and that we intentionally focus our attention on. 
And so the mindset on the spirit means that we are, we are intentionally and deliberately filling our mind and focusing our attention on the things of God, which means we have to be in his word. We have to be reading it. We have to be meditating on it. We have to be memorizing it and absorbing it into our inner being, not just so that we can know it, but so that we can then meditate on it and imagine what it would look like for us to live it out in our specific context. And so those who walk by the Spirit, who have the Spirit as their walking partner in life, this is at the heart of what they do. They reorient their mind and reset their mind on the Spirit's things. As the Spirit is our walking partner in life, He gives us the strength and the grace to do that, but this is an intentional thing that we also do as well. We set our mind on the things of the Spirit. Notice the outcome here. He says that the the mindset on the Spirit, verse 6, is life and peace. Just imagine that for a second. The more and more we fill our mind with the things of the Spirit and focus our attention on the things of the Spirit, of God's kingdom and God's truth and God's plans for the world, the more we set our mind on those things, life and peace begins to mark our existence. What about if it's set on the flesh? Well, he says the mind set on the flesh is death. Like that, this is just kind of where it goes, right? Like the mind set on the flesh and the fleshy things just leads to death. Uh, death of relationships, death of marriages, death of families, right? Uh, it, it, right? All sorts of little deaths leading up to big death. That's just the direction it goes. Like the flesh leads to death. Uh, why? Well, because the flesh is living in a apart from God life and God is the source of all life all joy, all peace, right? And so if if your life is apart from that, then it's tending towards death. You rip a plant out of the soil. Um, it can still have green leaves and still even have some flowers on it, but it's tending towards death. And if it doesn't get reattached to the soil soon, um, it's going to die. That's just what's going to happen, even though in that moment it looks alive. Well, that's humanity in its... Uh, fleshliness and its fallenness. It's been ripped out of the soil of God and and now it's tending towards death. We in the flesh are tending towards death. But when we're actually rooted in God and we're walking in partnership with him, his life and his peace flows into us. And so the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. Now, here's a really, really important thing that Paul says in Romans chapter 8. He actually says it in Romans 7. He says it again here in Romans 8. Uh, jump down to verse 9 in Romans 8 and look what Paul says. He, he says, you're not in the flesh. Like, guess what? You're not in the flesh. Verse 9, look what he says. Uh, However, you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he doesn't belong to him. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on there. How can I not be in the flesh? I mean, I still am in my body, right? Like, so how can I, I not be in the flesh? I still struggle with sin and temptation. So like, and, and, and don't people say like we have these two natures at war for control of our life, like a fleshly nature and then the spirit nature and they're at war within us? 
Isn't that what the Bible teaches? Well, no, actually the Bible doesn't. The Bible doesn't teach that you have two natures like that. At least that's not the way Paul talks about it. That's why he can say here in verse 9, you're not in the flesh, but in the spirit. That's as clear as can be. And the reason he can say that is because flesh, in Paul's language, flesh and spirit are two mutually exclusive categories. They're two totally different categories of human existence. Sort of like two different modes of existence. One fallen, one reborn and renewed. And you're either one or the other. You can't be both at the same time. You're either in Adam, the flesh, or you have the Spirit of God within you, and you're in Christ. Those are the two categories, in Adam, in Christ, in the flesh, in the Spirit. Um, and so Paul says, so if you're in Christ, you're not in the flesh, which means the flesh doesn't uh, rule you. That's not what controls you. You've been reattached to God through the work of Jesus, and by the coming of the Spirit into your life, you're now in the Spirit, which means you, you actually are a different kind of human being, and you can live a different kind of spiritual life. So if the Spirit of God dwells in you, then you're in the Spirit, Paul says here in verse 9. And if you don't have the Spirit of Christ, notice that, Spirit of God, Spirit of Christ. Uh, so Father, Son, Spirit, uh, three in one, same character. So it can be uh, referred to as the Spirit of God, or he can be referred to as the Spirit of Christ. And if you don't have the Spirit of Christ, then you don't belong to Christ. Um, but if you belong to Christ, you have the Spirit. And thus, you're not in the flesh, you're in the Spirit. And so, two totally different modes of human existence, you're one or the other. And so, if you have the Spirit, you belong to Christ. If not, you don't. And what's the significance of all of that then for following Jesus? Well, the significance is what he says in verse 12. Look down here in Romans 8 to verse 12. He says, so then, here's the big conclusion. So then, brothers and sisters, we are under obligation not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. So you're not in the flesh, you're in the spirit, but we have to acknowledge that the flesh is still alive and well on planet earth, right? Um, cultures are shaped by fallen humanity and thus cultures are implicitly deeply fallen and they have all sorts of ideas and ambitions and values and beliefs that are contrary to the kingdom of God and the way of Jesus. Um, and so the flesh is alive and well, but you're not under obligation to it, which means you owe it nothing. Literally that word obligation in Greek is you to owe, right? Like you owe the flesh nothing. You don't have to live according to the flesh. For if you're living according to the flesh, you're going to die, right? Like that's the direction the flesh goes. It tends towards death. We talked about that. But if by the Spirit, here's, the, here's what it means for us. But if by the Spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. And so um, this body, as Paul argued in Romans chapter 7, having been influenced by the fallenness of our humanity, has learned all sorts of habits of sinning. It's learned all sorts of misdeeds. It has all sorts of default reactions that just instantly, right? Well, the Spirit now, living within us, uh, equips us, enables us, and empowers us to put to death those deeds of the body. And it's going to take some effort and some cooperation on our part as we walk by the Spirit. He gives us strength and we can begin to say no to the sinful deeds of the body. 
Um, and he says, that's what it means to be led by the Spirit, verse 14. For all who are being led by the Spirit, these are the sons and daughters of God. And so being led by the Spirit is to walk in partnership with him. And when sinful deeds begin to appear or show or become aware of them, we with the Spirit's help put those sinful deeds to death. The Spirit actually helps us become holy. He is the Holy Spirit after all, and he lives in us, helping us put to death the deeds of the body and become like Jesus from the inside out. So let's summarize what we talked about last week and this week as we looked at Romans chapter 8, just to hit the high points we've hit, that um, the way to live a godly life now and to follow Jesus is through walking with the Spirit. That means going about our life in partnership with the Spirit. He's our walking partner in life. A key component of walking with the Spirit is what we fill our mind with and what we focus our attention on. And so as we walk by the Spirit, we need to begin to pay attention to what we're, what thoughts we're letting into our mind and what we're focusing and giving our attention to, right? So what we focus our attention on. And then another element we just saw here is that, and then as we go about life, we become aware of, wow, I shouldn't be doing that. And we allow the Spirit to empower us and to help us and to maybe bring people of influence into our life or other things to rearrange our life so that we can put to death the deeds of the body and not do the things that would displease God. That's what walking by the Spirit looks like in Romans chapter 8. All right, I hope that's helpful to you and to your discipleship to Jesus. Uh, thanks again for tuning in to the Bible in Life podcast. If you want to join the team of supporters who make this ministry possible, there's a link down in the notes below, or you can just go to johnwhitaker.net, johnwhitaker.net, and click the uh, Give button and set up a one-time or a recurring monthly donation. Thanks again for your support. May God bless you as you walk with the Spirit and as you please God in every way. I look forward to talking to you again next week.